Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, February 15, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we have a lot of stuff on the docket, namely some stuff we talked about yesterday. We don't have to talk about the downside. We get to talk about the upside. 435 was the number on the downside. They came up short. And here we are into those moving averages. Well, we reel back the tape. What we said was, once they get inside of this big breakdown candle, they're going to want to run first into the moving averages, and then they're going to want to challenge somewhere in their neighborhood of the top. Well, what's near the top? Duh, you have 450. Will they come up short of 450? Will they spike through 450? It doesn't really matter. 450, 451, even higher than that. It makes no difference right now. The idea is that they're going to, at least if they don't fall apart, and we'll talk about that on the other side, we're the umpire calling balls and strikes. Right now, we're discussing the bull case. So right now, we're saying they closed above the moving averages All indicators say, and I'm not talking about stuff from Joe's Indicator Shop, I'm talking about all indicators say they want to run a test of near or in the neighborhood of the high of that breakdown candle. There's stuff in between, there's numbers in between, there are resistance areas in between. They're both magnetic, will pull price in, but both can reject price at least from a short-term perspective. And you guessed it, we're back to, can we be running one of these A, B, C deals up? And I know I harp on these all the time, but they show up all the time, which is why I harp on them all the time. The caveat is this, you had a double top. So this is interesting. You have a top, you have a double top, whether it was a higher low or a higher high, it doesn't make any difference. It was a double top for the purposes of this conversation. So when you come back up, you have to watch out for three times a charm and they break through or three times not a charm and they go back down. We'll cross that bridge if, not necessarily when, but if we get there. Just to reiterate a couple of things, I get a lot of flack through email, so sometimes I feel the need to just get it off my chest. I get, hey, you give both sides. If the market does this, it could do this. If it does that, it could do that. So you're not really telling us anything. Well, on the contrary, lazy swing trader members bought the market yesterday around noon. That's when the alert went out. We used the S&P 500 in hindsight. I should have used maybe the IWM or the Qs or something like that. I wanted to play a major index to take some of the risk away. Not all of it. You can never take all the risk away. But playing an index takes some of the risk away. Lesson learned. So I chose the one that was up the least today. Fantastic. And I mean least out of the IWM and the Qs. I never considered the Dow that was up a little bit anyway. A little bit less than the SPY, that is. But the point that I want to drive home is we now have, after reaching our first target, and we're keeping things tight. Base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. We can have a double or triple out of this. But now we have what's called a risk-free, emotionless trade. We like those. This is a process, and it's methodical. We used specifically SPXL, and that was our first target, not put on the board after it was up there. It was already 
on the board for good reason. That was overhead resistance and a good place to take profit creating the risk-free, emotionless trade. So therefore, the net-net, and to wrap that conversation is, we're putting our money where our mouth is. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. The alerts are proof in the pudding. Now, let's get back to the daily chart. Let's look at the other side. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. So we know that today's low is certainly going to be important. Why? Because if they get below that, then it opens the door to all that white space between today's low and the gap left open from yesterday. How about the 240 chart? Where'd they find resistance today? How about the breakdown candle high? This one, the high was 445.75. How do you like them apples? 120 chart, same routine, same candle, different chart, same overhead resistance and magnetic force. Let's check out inside the numbers. Now, obviously, you saw the chart. You know what happened. We had somewhat of a range-bound day. The market gapped higher, and it basically went sideways, eating time off the clock all day long. A la the hourly chart, you've basically been eating time off the clock. They started to edge higher at the end of the day, but we would rather see them kind of stay tight in here and then release that coiled energy up rather than creep up. I don't like the creeping markets at all under any conditions. But there's still stuff in here from a learning perspective, from a numbers perspective, that's very important. We're going to go through some of the highlights, and then you can certainly pause the video, go through the notes, back to the charts on your own. We're going to skip stocks on the move. Why? The gap higher took away the opportunity. Stocks on the move never hit their numbers. In the interest of time, we're going to skip over that section. I'll show you the list just to have the list. Why would I do that? Because if I don't, somebody's going to post a comment or send me an email saying, how come you didn't show the list anyway? And in official Turnaround Tuesday fashion, the night crew had a jam session. We're not going to dignify whatever the media and rumor mill are spewing. Why? Because we weren't buying into the whole imminent Russia invasion deal anyway. Sounded like a bunch of malarkey. So yesterday, lazy swing trader members were sent an alert to drive home the point that went long the market. I know it appears that I'm plugging the lazy swing trader, and I am, and I can, and I will. Let's break down today's numbers. The magnetic, important, and resistance numbers above look like this. 446, once again for the second time, is important and will play a role today. Is 446 going to play a role today? I'm pretty sure it will. 446, high, high, they busted through into the close, but certainly was overhead resistance. We had some stuff above, but we didn't need it because they never got there. And as a just-in-caser in the pregame warm-up routine, you have to post 450 on the board. You never know when you're going to get one of those runaway squeezing melt-up operations. On the flip side, there's a ton of white space between current price and the gap left open from yesterday. Therefore, if they start to fall at the open in a shakeout operation, we'll handle the numbers in real time as they unfold. Oh, by the way, just so we do it, there's the list. We had Newmont Mining, AU, Jeff, and CLR. Nothing hit its numbers off the board. Let's get back to the commentary. As usual, gap high open takes away the opportunity. We talked about that. 
They've pulled back a little before the bell. They might go right back up or pull back more. We don't know. Again, I'm setting the table just to put the right thoughts in your mind. This is why we need to see the tape unravel a little first. We're moving along. Now watch this one. Here comes sticky note stuff. Get one out. 921. Let's say they come down more. 441.60, give or take, is considered a former breakout area if tested. It would be a spot for a bounce back in the other direction. Now, they didn't go down there, but we know about how that works. That's why I put it on the board. Early in the morning, you never know what they're going to do after the open, so you have to come prepared. The more aggressive spot would be 443 for a different reason. There's your 443, and the reason why I wanted to bring that to the forefront is they never hit my number. What does that tell me? Well, a little bit of shenanigans going on maybe, but not really. What it does tell me is that it's more bullish than the alternative. Just a little sidebar food for thought. Let's see what else we have as the day gets underway. 445.60 and a little higher is a magnetic target. They might go back and forth, but should get there. Now, the secondary line underneath, 445.60, that was the magnetic thing. And you can see here, they hit it on the button. The high here was 445.61, and then they pulled back. They spiked it again, but they pulled back. So that was magnetic, and it was also overhead resistance, and it's also the same number I showed you before on three different charts. That's where it came from. There's another reason why I want to bring it up. When I post something like this, It's a magnetic target. They should get there. What I'm saying is an aggressive trader that wants to take the ride and understands what type of risk they're taking. They're an aggressive trader. They're willing to take the risk. There's a huge white space. It's right at the opening bell. Anything can happen in a split second. However, I'm not one that likes to hop on one of those buy high and sell higher markets, but that doesn't mean others don't. That's why I put it in there. Sometimes I'm going to come out and tell you, and I do come out and tell you, I'm a buyer here. This is what's happening here. But in this particular case, it doesn't mean it's not a good trade. It's not a trade I want to take. There's something for everybody. Just because I'm not taking it doesn't mean it's not going to work out. I'm also busy. You need to understand that. I'm doing 110 things in the morning. But if I am taking a trade, I'm going to tell you I want to be in it together. Let's move on. And by the way, if I'm taking a trade, then Jordan's taking a trade. So he's guiding the members in the Inside the Number live room. Then we put up a next target, but they never got there. And what I'm going to do from here, since I pointed out the early highlights, you can pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts. We'll scroll up, we'll highlight one or two more things, and then we'll, as they say, move on. 1128, 444, give or take, is support. How you doing? Let's take it into the end of the day, and then we can get to some other charts. Remember, Friday is a no inside the numbers day. And by the way, just as an of note, the market is also closed on Monday. We'll get more into that as the week goes on. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Rising tide lifts all boats. They stayed above that 20-period moving average we talked about last night. Here comes a little bit of a rocket ride, up 2.7% today, which was better than the SPY. That's why I should have chose one of the others. But hindsight is 2020. Monday morning quarterback is only good for couch potatoes. You also had 
the higher low scenario we talked about yesterday as well. So you had a couple of things working in favor of the bull case on the IWM. Here we are. They're going to challenge this pivot high, and once they do, they'll likely bust through and head into the 50-period moving average, or at least come close. You have a fat round number at 210, 50-period moving average slightly above. Are they going to make this type of thing that easy? Of course not. It's regular way options expiration, and you also have the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. What's their job? Is to make as many traders and investors look like fools as much of the time as possible. Expect an appearance from the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew, also known as trick and company, on Wednesday. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Now, they were up today, but... They were the lagging indicator, only up about six-tenths of one percent against all the other markets around town. So guess what? It's my second favorite market-leading indicator against the IWM, but as we know, a number one canary in the coal mine into these moving averages, can't get above or hasn't yet tried really to get above this breakdown candle high. That comes in at 15,420 and change. So they have to get above there in order to get going. Until or unless they do, it's no dice for team transports. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? The tech people, Austin, Texas, the whole nine yards into the 20 period moving average. Good close, highs of day going to, at least it appears they're going to. And this is the duck scenario walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Generally speaking, it's going to be a duck. 80% of the time, 20%, the minority of part of the time, it's not going to be a duck. It's going to be the ugly duck. But looks like they want to run a test of the breakdown candle high. Might take another day or two or three, but that's what they appear to be trying to accomplish. Let's just have a sidebar conversation for a moment for learning purposes. So now we're looking at the weekly chart of the queues. So this week you have a good low, you have a tail. They had a nice rally away from that low, and that low was on tremendous volume. Look at the volume compared to everything else. Here, the volume was 673, almost 4 million shares in the queues against all this other volume down here. That is reversal-type volume. So they want to go higher off of a low like that. They want to get above this 50-period moving average on the weekly chart. They want to close the week above that number. If they can't, then this is a bear flag pattern and they're going lower. If they can, they're going to challenge this weekly chart breakdown candle high, 376, 375. Now, I know they already made an attempt, but what's to say they can't make another attempt? That's the bull case. The bear case is they don't even get above the weekly chart 50 period moving average, and they really are making a bearish flag and they go a lot lower, and then we start talking on the south side about the 100-period moving average. The XLF, we had a pretty good conversation about this last night into the moving averages. You have a bounce off the moving averages now, so as long as they're above all the moving averages, say it after me, the trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the window. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, this was the one that I should have taken in the trade. Again, couch potato Monday morning stuff, but look where it is relative to the breakdown candle high. Look where it is relative to these moving averages. The SMH, or Philadelphia Semiconductor Index, is a great proxy for the tech space as a whole, so this was good indication that we got a bullish tone on the tape. 
Got a little bonus section tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about junk bonds. In concept, this is JNK. So what's inside JNK? In theory, there's a bunch of junk bonds in JNK. What are junk bonds? They're high-yield debt when companies can't borrow money for a specific project or because of their credit rating, they have to go to alternative sources. It's like a loan shark. They go to the secondary market. They have to pay up. 8%, 9%, 12% in that neighborhood for money to do projects, fund their business, operations, whatever it is. Why is that? Because they're not credit worthy. This is a weekly chart. Looks a little strange, but the concept is this. I'm not saying shorted here. Look like on the daily chart, they're trying to put in a little bit of a bottom. Here's the point. It's melting away. This is telling you there's underlying problems in the junk bond market. For a number of reasons. A, if the economy falters because of high interest rates, some of the junk bond recipients are going to be the first to know. And by the way, as interest rates rise, companies that have issued debt in the junk bond market eventually have to roll over certain portions of that debt. Some of it's two-year bonds, five-year bonds, seven-year bonds, 10-year bonds, all over the place. So as time goes on, they have to roll over that debt. When interest rates rise, what happens? That debt gets more expensive. Then what happens? It impacts negatively the company's cash flow. Then what happens? It impacts the other bonds they already have issued. They go lower. You see how this all works? None of this stuff happens overnight, but you want to be aware of this kind of stuff. The bond market is always going to tell you the ultimate story in the end. The stock market is the minor leagues. The bond market is the show. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. By the way, interjection here for a second. Just want to point this out. So you have lower highs. And how this works is you have a high. Well, you have highs all the way back here. You have another high here. And believe it or not, This, by pennies, is a lower high. This is ominous at best. Now, we're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.